0: Hello, and welcome to Little Things with Amber L. B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Get in God's Face. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really, what you need to know is that I love the Lord, and I love the Word of God, And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. And by the end of this episode, I hope that you, like me, have a new revelation, that we are to give a lot of attention to prayer, and that we're not to give up when we pray, but we're to go boldly and aggressively before God. So I came across this subject as I was working on a Bible study about a quiet and gentle spirit. So Peter says that a quiet and gentle spirit are of great worth in God's sight. And that's great, but what does that mean? So I've been exploring that and going through several different facets of our life that it affects if we're going to have a quiet and gentle spirit. And one of the areas I was looking at is that a quiet and gentle spirit doesn't force change. And you'll notice that Jesus never tackled anyone and forced him, them to follow him, right? And he didn't, you know, go up to people and say, you have to stop living this way, you have to start doing this, and I'm going to follow you until you do it. It wasn't like that. Jesus invited people to follow him. And so as I was exploring this topic, I really wanted to look into um, the direction that Scripture gives us when we see that change needs to occur, but we don't know how to bring that about. So if we're not going to force it, what are we going to do? What, what examples does Scripture give us for how we can maybe bring about change? And as I was doing this, um, as I was looking through the Bible and seeing examples and, and looking at Jesus' teaching, I see that he invited us to really get in God's face and as a mom this is astounding to me because I have sort of taught my children just the opposite you know I tell them don't ask me 20 times if you ask me more than once I'm going to be irritated and then the answer might be no so um, God is just the opposite (laughs) that that's not at all what God tells us so let me just give you some examples so Matthew 7, 7 is that verse that I think most of us know by heart, um, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. And we may read that or memorize it and we think, well, that's a cute little verse, you know, about you ask, you know, and then you, and then you seek and then, you know, you'll find something. So that's great. That sounds very passive well, we would be very wrong if we thought that about this passage because this passage is not passive at all. And we don't get that until we go to the commentary on this. So I went to the People's Bible, and I was looking up um, to see what is behind this passage. Well, it turns out that ask, seek, knock are present imperatives. And if you're like me, that means almost nothing. But um, the truth is that means that it's not a one-time thing. It means that ask, seek, and knock are things that we are to continually do. And not only are we to continually do them, they are to increase in fervor as we do them. Okay? So first we ask. Ask. So that's what we do in prayer. We go to God and we ask. But then, this is what the People's Bible says. Seeking is more aggressive than simply asking. And knocking is like going to somebody's house in the middle of the night and rousing them out of bed to provide for your needs. Okay, so have you ever thought or ever been told by anyone that your prayers should be aggressive? Because I know I certainly haven't. And you might be thinking, okay, so I'm supposed to be swinging As I'm, you know, throwing punches as I'm praying. No, really, God, answer this prayer. No, that is not at all what it means. In fact, scripture gives us two great examples of what it looks like to be aggressive in prayer. So one is a teaching by Jesus. He told this parable. We read, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I will see that she gets justice so she won't eventually come and attack me. The older version said, so she won't wear me out, which I kind of love. And then it finishes this way. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? So here are the key phrases and key words that I think that clue us into what it means to be aggressive in prayer. Jesus said that this widow kept coming to him. And later when he said, will not God give um, bring about justice for those who, who cry to him? He said, day and night. Who cry to him day and night? So what does it mean to pray aggressively? Well, clearly it means we don't just pray once and walk away. It means we're not going anywhere. The situation hasn't changed at all. Why would I be going anywhere? Of course, I'm still going to talk to you about it, God, because you know what? I don't see a change yet. I'm going to pray until something happens. That is the acronym PUSH. And Jay John, who's a British evangelist preacher, that is his, um, his phrase that he uses, push, pray until something happens. You haven't seen anything happen, then you better still be praying. Because you know what? Heaven hasn't given a decisive answer on that yet. And sometimes the answer is not now. Okay, well, you better keep going to God. Is it time now? Is this when we're going to see the change? Are you really going to give up? Because if you give up your showing God, it really didn't mean that much to me. I was just going to ask. And, you know, if you don't want to give it to me, it's not that big of a deal. Or if you don't want to change that person's heart, well, you know, it's all good. I'll just pray about the next thing for a day or two. And if you don't answer that, that's fine, too. No, we are to be aggressive in our prayers. Now, let me show you a real life example. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Let me ask you this. How long would you have lasted in this woman's shoes? First of all, she's crying out after Jesus. Clearly, he hears her. But he doesn't say a word. So she's crying out, Lord, have mercy. My daughter needs your help. She's suffering terribly. He just keeps walking. He doesn't say a word. Would you turn around? What about when she starts causing a scene and the disciples say to Jesus, you know, could you just get rid of her? This is super annoying. I don't want to hear this anymore. Is that the point? That you would turn around and quit praying? Quit asking? When people say, you know, nothing's really going to change. This is, this is something that doesn't really happen. I mean, you can you can keep praying if you want. But really, I think God's already given you the answer. Well, has he? Because you know what? The woman kept on. And Jesus finally said to her, I, I'm, I'm not here to help you. I'm helping other people. Would that deter you? Because I'm pretty sure it would deter me. It didn't deter this woman. She came and knelt before him, threw herself at Jesus' feet. Help me. Help me. I need help. And even at that point, Jesus didn't offer her help. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. She wasn't done yet. She wasn't going anywhere. Push, pray until something happens. She had not gotten an answer that was suitable for her situation. And she kept praying. And what did Jesus say about this? Woman, you have great faith. Never once did Jesus say, would you just go away? The disciples were saying that. (laughs) Make her go away. We're sick of her. I don't want to hear it anymore. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus pushed back. Well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And she wasn't going anywhere. She was at his feet. She was asking. She was begging for help. She was aggressive in prayer. We are told in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray continually. And I've always looked at that as sort of Kind of having an ongoing conversation with God all throughout the day. I really didn't look at it in terms of the passages that we've looked at today. The ask, seek, knock, to increase in fervor, to get aggressive, to go boldly, to be persistent, to never give up. Just keep going back to the throne of God. But Lord, I still need you. Nothing has changed. Lord, If I can't get help from you, who will help me? Dr. Arthur Bellinger said about First Thessalonians 5:17, pray continually. He said this about that. "The The day you stop asking God for help is the day you start asking for trouble. When you've given up on the situation, when you've quit praying about the situation. You can be sure that the situation isn't going to change. You've given up on it. It's as if, you know what, well, never mind, God. You know, I asked. You didn't give it to me right away. I guess it doesn't matter. Really? Wow. Have we given up too quickly? Are we that easily distracted and deterred? If so, then Satan is having a field day. We're told in James 5.16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Powerful. Effective. Bringing about change. Prayer. (laughs) We're not told you have to be a super amazing Christian and then you can bring about change. You know, after you do such and such and such and such, then... Then, if you get to a certain level, like a video game, well, then you can tap into God's power. That's not what it says. A righteous person, who's righteous before God? Anyone who believes in Jesus as their Savior. Because on our own, we can't do enough. We can't earn God's grace. But you know what? As long as we know who did, as long as we know who sacrificed in our place and believe that, then we are righteous before God. God sees Jesus' righteousness in our place. That means I'm a righteous person. You're a righteous person if you believe in Jesus. That means your prayers are powerful and effective, will bring about change. Does that make you want to pray? Does that make you want to ask God about some things? Look at the things that you just casually think. Things like, we're not doing a very good job of bringing people into our church from the community. Have you prayed yet? God, we are a hospital for the sin-sick world. Bring people to us. Help us to be effective in our evangelism. Lord, fill this church up. We are here with your word, with the truth of the gospel. Bring people here. Don't just let that thought go through your mind. Pray about it and be bold. Don't stop. Oswald Chambers said this. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. And you know what? I don't think I ever realized that before this study. I don't think I realized what prayer was and the place that it should have in our life. So often, I am trying to bring about change by chasing people down. Oh, I've got to go talk to that person because, you know, they're wandering off. I've got to do this. Well, who changes hearts? Who changes lives? Who can bring about that change? God. So maybe prayer needs to be the higher priority. And maybe I'm still going to go talk to the person. Maybe I'm still going to go see the person. But you know what? Why am I not praying before I even get there? Earnestly and aggressively change this heart. Let my words be exactly what they need to hear. Lord, bring about the change that I cannot. Edwin Harvey said, a life without prayer is a life without power. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I feel pretty powerless. I know that I cannot bring about a lot of change. You watch the news. What can you do? You see... um, what people around you are doing, what's going on in your neighborhood, you see a whole world running the wrong way. And it's so easy to just be discouraged and think, I'm one little person. James says, the, pro- the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. He goes on to say, you know what, Elijah was one man. He was one person and he prayed. One person praying can make a huge difference in life. It can make a huge difference in a community, in a church, in the world. I think we need to learn to get in God's face. And I think we need to learn to be way more aggressive in prayer. And maybe you already knew that, and thank God if you did. I guess I am just being clued into this. And I hope that this changes my prayer life going forward. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, please share this with them. And don't forget, the Time of Grace is listener-supported. We covet your prayers and we need your financial contributions so we can share this message and others like it with many more people.